declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. And what the hell is that smell? I could have been at a barbecue! Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. I am your host, Aaron, and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy, James. Good day, sir. Actually, so when there were three of us, I used to say that all the time because it was you and, a, and another co-host. Yeah. And I used to kind of be the mediator between you two. And yeah. now it's just you and I. I really just think it should be... Hi, my name's Aaron and this is James. Let's go over because I'm not hosting anything. Oh, that's true. I just think I'm just so accustomed to saying that now. Try it out now. Try, try the new intro. Go. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat. My name's Aaron and each week I talk movies and films. The problem with that though is it just <laughs> it's, sounds it's like- It's 189 episodes. You, you're done. Yeah. It's, it's in the brain. If I leave now and you're on your own, you'll still do that intro. And it also feels like it's like, I talk about movies and I like to talk about movies with my friend. That, but that actually is what it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're fans of movies, talking about movies. And, you know, because we want to differentiate, differentiate ourselves, good movies, we keep in the vault. Bad movies, we throw away in the pit. Vault, protected forever from from earthquakes, alien invasions. Ooh. Wink, wink. Or, or you know, the, the pit where we cast away and we never talk about them again. Like, you know, alien films. Yeah. So <laughs> pretty much like Alien 1 is in the... Vault. Ooh, that's a good show, yeah. Alien Resurrection. Probably in the pit. <laughs> so that's go. what we do in this podcast. We separate the good from the bad, the weak from the strong, and our quest to find the greatest of all time. I'm in a good mood this week, James. Yeah, and I, you are. And it's nothing to do with the movie we've, we're going to talk about. <laughs> Why are you in such a good mood? I don't know. I think it's because I'm on annual leave. Oh, that's good. And the weather's nice. The weather is nice. It is short weather. Ooh. I'm drinking a da- can of Dr. Pepper. It's just a good... Good time. It's I mean, cool. uh, you know. It is a good time, mate. The the world of cinema is vibrant and alive. Still haven't seen Morbius. I'm still in a great mood. I haven't seen Nicole Kidman telling me to go to the Odeon whilst I'm sat in the Odeon. I'll never forgive it. D- week four of me mentioning it. I will not stop until she does. <laughs> Sorry. Damn you, Nicole Kidman. <laughs> but no, I'm with you. It's light. It's light outside. It's nice. Mate, we're waking up and it's light now. It's nice. It's a nice time to be alive. So how have we decided to ruin that this week? With Independence Day. Yeah. (laughs) Short weather. Celebrating freedom. Independence Day. That's the movie this week. We're going to talk about Independence Day. We're going to talk about movie, uh, alien invasion style movies with our main look at the movie from 1996, Independence Day starring obviously Will Smith, Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum and Randy Quaid and Margaret Collin. Can you remember, did you see it at the cinema? I saw it several times at the cinema. Oh, so you was a fan early on. I was a huge fan. The magic of the cinema got me with this film. First time I'd seen anything on this scale. You know, I remember jumping in my seat in that autopsy scene when they caught him through the arm and it pops open. I think I jumped about four feet in the air. I think I'm still jumping, mate, deep down. So I would have been nine, ten, maybe when this movie came out. I went with a girl in Ireland called Ema to the first time, then I came back. Rented it when it came out. I wanted this film, mate. I was all over this film. I thought this was the greatest film 
of our age. I think I remember this actually, that my brother was older than I and he could go to the cinema because it was a 12. <sighs> I couldn't. Uh, and him and his mate went and they talked about it and they were like, you'll have to wait till you're 12 to watch it. And I was like, no, it'll be on video soon. I will get it from Blockbuster. Exactly. And they came away from the cinema with one of those holographic, um, yes. like posters. It, it was the White House. And you know, if you tilt it one way, it was fine. Tilt it the other way though. Explosion. Explosion. Because <laughs> this was a big budget movie. Even as a young kid, you know, they, they were, you know, you're used to the Eiffel Tower going, Big Ben gets blown up, but the White House the getting White blown House, up. Mate. That's and a that, bold move. It was a bold move. And then you just saw... And the art, the art, mate, of creating a trailer. Because I'm fairly certain the first teaser trailer, if you will, was the White House getting blown up. And everyone's like, Independence Day, the White House blows up. What? 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 Mm. What? The most us British did was swim up river and burn it down. Yeah, we which did. Which means they had to paint it white. And now it's called the White House. And thank you again, Professor. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank so, you, so National we, Treasure. <laughs> weird episode this week, isn't it? <laughs> It's literally episodes cover anything but Independence Day because we do not want to talk about it. Yeah, because is it a good movie? I don't know. I don't think I was blown away by it when I watched it. I don't think I've ever really been blown away by it. I like everyone in it. Mm. You know, mm. I like everyone in it. But then again, I like the ingredients to an omelette, but don't necessarily like omelettes. Good point. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I like Bill Pullman. I like Jeff Goldblum. I like Will Smith. I like... No, I don't like Randall Quaid. No, you Do don't. I? I don't know. He's not as bad as Dennis Quaid, but he's still a Quaid. <laughs> it's, 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 there's also Baldwin in this movie, and not the Queen Baldwin. <laughs> not the Queen. <laughs> but So that's the thing. And like, I, I, I mean, it's got everything in it, hasn't it? It's got explosions. It's got chase sequences. It's got aliens. It's got, like, you, you know, a virus being uploaded towards the end. It had everything in it. It's got a perfect jump between science fiction, believability, and just bullshit science fiction everywhere. It, it toes this fine line between campy horror mm. and a genuine interest in what the characters do. I rewatched it this week and the first time I've rewatched it in a long time because my progress came out of cinema, loved it, came on VHS, loved it, then got a bit older, realised what big bag toss it was. <laughs> Basically, it was just like, that's crap. Then I like it, ironically, to annoy people like you <laughs> when yeah. you start talking about how great some years ago, let's do Independence Day. But deep down, even I knew it, it wasn't good. But I'm not joking, Roland Emmerich, the director, we did 94 last week. We did last week's episode. Thank you for listening. We really loved it. You've, you've, you've responded well. We appreciate it. I've watched Stargate this week. Yeah, you have. I've also watched, and you were probably expecting me watching Stargate. I bet you weren't expecting me to watch Getting Even With Dad. <laughs> with Dad <laughs> Which I watched. Which ages terribly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he does this. He does have grand ideas. And Independence Day was fun. So I've gone on an emotional journey with this film. And when I watched Independence Day, I watched it with Esther, who had never seen it before. Mm. But I also think recently, this year, I watched the film Moonfall. And it kind of recaptured the magic of when I was a child and watched Independence Day. So it, it, it's a really good time for me to re-watch Independence Day, if that makes sense. It was, however, a terrible time for me also to watch Independence Day 2, Resurgence. Never seen it. Uh, we'll get on to that at the end. Yeah, just, I'm going to ask you whether I should watch it. We'll, it'll be end. a brief three minutes. We won't go into any more detail. So, so as we alluded to there, Roland Emmerich, the director of this movie, Stargate from 1994, on the press tour of that movie, started talking about what his next project would be. He said he'd like to do an alien invasion movie that was massive, big scale mm. alien invasion movie. And then this was uh, the next film from that, which is Independence Day. But it has done other works like 2012, 
day after tomorrow, and most recently, Moonfall. The guy likes blowing up Earth. He does love it, doesn't no he? No landmark is safe in the hands of uh, Roland Emmerich, who also co-wrote this movie as well. Independence Day does star Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, Bill Pullman, Randy Quaid, and Margaret Collins. It was released on July 3rd, 1996. It was made for a budget of $75 million and ended up a box office smash. $817.4 million, the highest grossing of 1996. And up until that point, it's only Jurassic Park, wasn't it? Jurassic Park that? was the yeah. highest grossing. This knocked it off the top spot. Another Jeff Goldblum movie. But this is, or was at the time, the fastest movie to reach 100 million at the box office. It was crazy. I just went, and also, it, it was an event. It's one of the earliest events I remember at the cinema because, you know, we grew up in a time where we didn't have Star Wars films. We didn't have Star Trek films. Everyone was talking about Independence Day. It was like, people kind of knew what they were It was like, it was a big alien invasion. It was a B movie with an A, you know, an A movie scale with a giant budget. Mm. Even I remember the fever pitch. Well, was it a fever pitch? I remember definitely hearing about this film. I mean, I've got to go see this film. Trailers everywhere. The the marketing team, mate, did a phenomenal job marketing this film. They did. They did. Yeah. And, and I think as well, this, the 90s, we've done quite a few episodes on the 90s. We did 94, we've done 99, we've done 1990. And 90s is a really weird because they're, they're trying to distance themselves from the 80s. The mm. hairstyles, the cocaine, the blazers, <laughs> the techno music. And visual technology is advancing, but directors aren't brave enough to start to utilize it. I mean, you look at Alien 3 putting its hand up saying, yeah, we will use it and it doesn't pay off very well. Yeah. It is this weird time of still using miniature models, which this film is full of, you know, blowing up scale models. Yeah. Um, but also injects with the CGI. And, yeah. Um, so this, and this is, is, I will, you know, I will, I will give credit where credit's due. Independence Day, and particularly this week watching the restored high definition version, which is on uh, Disney Plus. It's Disney Plus, yeah. Some of the effects are really, really good in this film. So I watched this with Esther who'd never seen it before. And one of the questions I did, so there's a famous scene, obviously, where they enter the Earth's atmosphere and you get all these Americans and people of Earth just sat there, uh, stood there in awe, watching the ships come out of the smoke. And I remember seeing that cinema being blown away, like genuinely thinking, oh my God, aliens have come. Mm. And I was like, how do you feel, bearing in mind that, you know, she grew up when those graphics were laughable. And she was like, they do still hold up. She was like, as a first-time user, you can tell her size, you know, you can tell her, effects but it's still very good mm. bearing in mind this film was was pre the 2000s mate and when we talk about 1996 like it was black and white but yeah. it, it, in terms of film technology and how has, far it's come now yeah, yeah has advanced significantly um in a <laughs> nutshell independence day was a global box office mega hit from the mid 90s start uh, starting on july 2nd earth intercepts a beacon a response from something deep in space hiding behind the moon Ooh, what's all doing it's an enormous mothership which deploys multiple flying saucers, each 15 miles in diameter. That's which, too big. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah, you're compensating. I, <laughs> I don't know how big I like my saucers. Um, but they enter a atmosphere and they take up position over various major cities and landmarks, including, and predominantly for the movie, LA, New York, and Washington, D.C., Shire surprise, the green little men do not come in peace. They come intent to blow shit up. Yeah, they do. With Along the- with millions of people in their paths. Um, insert our heroes, a fighter pilot, a, set- a satellite technician, a crop duster, and the goddamn president of the United States. I love the fact that you've said that, but 
<laughs> well, you know where this film's going because three of the four characters you've just mentioned at some point have been fighter pilots. <laughs> be fucking brilliant if they, it was like they went attacked him with a submarine. <laughs> do, you, do, you know, do you know what though? The crop dusting one you get, yeah. Will Smith you get, the the, the Bill Pullman present one is shoehorned in. I must admit, like, does that belong in the air? Yeah, it goes, it goes, oh, it's not like in the Gulf. What? Yeah, I flew planes in the Gulf. That's yeah. not going to come back. Is that thanks for that? Yeah, we knew what we were doing back then. Now we don't know. Well, yeah, all right. It's easier to know where the bad guys were. Well, it's the, the ones in the ships, mate. <laughs> the ones that are killing everyone. Yeah. It's the one shoving anal probes yeah. up everyone. It's the, it's, one that, it's one that destroys cities with its anus. <laughs> because because when you're watching it as an adult, that's definitely the ship's anus. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just put it here. Move over, Britain. America is delivering a new ass kick in this July 4th. Oh, my God. Um, that's the premise of the movie, if you haven't seen it. I've got some facts to set us on the way. We're yeah, then going to do a play-by-play where we can start looking at some of the great scenes of this movie. And then um, we'll stick around because at the end of this, because you never know if you sat across from an alien. I've set up a little quiz again for James, which hopefully is just going to be a bit of fun towards the end. So Hopefully. Otherwise, hopefully. otherwise we cut anyone here. <laughs> so a couple of facts for you, James, that you may or may not know. Ethan Hawke turned down the role of Captain Miller, which then went to Will Smith. Oh, do you know what? I did not know that, but I'm glad that he did because I like Ethan Hawke. But, but this is Will Smith. And Will Smith's coming out, probably, wasn't it? This was his big budget. You know, he was trying to meet, meet the make the leap more small screen to big screen yeah and well done so we've done obviously six degrees of separation which is a good movie mm. i believe donald sutherland's in that film that is that's a good that is a good movie um will smith's very different in it as well and and um, actually acts and is completely different like, and i like will smith i think will smith's great i mean he would go on to do men in black which i think is one of the greatest movies to close the 90s he obviously then did wild, wild west which is one of the worst movies <laughs> to close the 90s but I do love Will Smith. Charismatic, energetic. I have Willennium, James, on CD. I had Willennium and my email address was Woozenium. <laughs> Stole that straight from that. But no one else in the world did it, so oh. fuck you. Is that Will Smith's lawyer on the phone? <laughs> um, he doesn't but, own the Millennium. <laughs> Go for it. Also, Eddie Murphy, Tom Cruise, Keanu Reeves, Johnny Depp, Van Damme and William Baldwin, second oh. in command to the Queen, oh my God. all turned down the role of uh, Captain... Uh, Hiller before um, I'll be honest I kind of wanted John claude Van Damme That's it. Like, I was listening to those names like no pointless pathetic useless mm. John claude Van Damme maybe and Can't- to get two Baldwins in here mate if you rub them together you'd summon the Queen Baldwin <laughs> <laughs> but the problem with this is Van Damme like you need I'm not saying it's a, it, it, you know it's it's a it's the it's it's Macbeth or Shakespeare mm. but you do need a bit of diverse like <laughs> like to be able to pull off that role yeah you know you need to be A believable as a human <laughs> Be believable as a fighter pilot. Yeah. I don't think Van Damme's got it in him. Yeah, but this was 96. So he'd already done his, you know, like his his trial piece in 94. He's, <laughs> he's already gone upriver. He's already gone upriver. <laughs> up and, and he's, he's already... kicked that bison <laughs> in the ass so hard. Now, um, the film was originally going to be called Doomsday. No, I love the, no, awful. So another Boom. film, Boom. another <laughs> film production studio had dibs on uh, Independence Day, which I think is the official way of how you uh, license something. Dibs. dibs you did, yeah. The immortal rule of dibs. Um, but it was actually after Bill Pullman's speech that the studio agreed to fight for the name Independence Day for this movie. But it was originally going to be called Doomsday. I love it if the other film was like fucking, I don't know, die. Today we <laughs> celebrate our Doomsday. What? Um, Different speech, isn't it? The aliens were covered in KY jelly to give them that shiny texture. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, the film was rushed to be released. 
Because he wanted to beat Mars Attacks. Do I do remember, this is the whole conundrum debate, isn't it? I'm sure as a, as a kid I remember this and Mars Attacks coming out at similar times. It's completely different though. One of them the world can't handle two alien invasions. Like one of them celebrates obviously the B movie and the other one tries to rewrite it. So yeah, it's like, Jesus, our, our aliens come from Mars. People will come see that. They will flock. They're dozens. I like both. I, I think I don't what? like any one more than the other. I, as I go older, I get a great appreciation for Mars Attacks. As a kid, I loved it again because I didn't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. When I got into my informative years and I started not liking Tim Burton as much, I was like, I don't get it. I'd part of me still doesn't get it. But I can appreciate that it's a celebration of the B-movie, taking big names, Pierce Brosnan on a dog. No, Pierce Brosnan as a head. It's Sarah Jessica Parker as a dog. Mm. Criminal underuse of Michael J. Fox. And I still, to this day, do not understand why Jack Nicholson plays two roles. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, why Danny DeVito's in it for eight seconds. Or why Tom Jones is in it. And Tom Jones is a bigger part than Danny DeVito. And Natalie Portman's in it. It's a great movie. I like Wild Attacks. Actually, yeah, I probably like Wild Attacks more. There you go. Um, but I'm a Tim Burton fan, so... Uh, the uh, oh, so the Whitmore president role was reserved for Kevin Spacey. No, it wouldn't have worked. I think Roland Emmerich or one of the or, or the co-writers sort of went to university or college with Kevin Spacey. No, oh, no, we're kind of hoping that. But no, it be too. Now this is removing the horribleness. Mm. Too sensible. He couldn't give that speech. Yeah. Well, obviously, Kevin Spacey <laughs> would make the White House years later. The virus that is uploaded at the end of the movie, spoilers, is a modernization of War of the Worlds, deliberately and not yeah, to no, War I, of the Worlds. I, I got that this time around, yeah. which I didn't before. A digital virus as opposed to an actual biological. Which I actually virus. thought was quite clever. It's like an homage to like the original Alien Invasion movie, if you yeah. Like. Uh, Pullman's speech was filmed on the 50th anniversary of the atomic bomb dropping on Japan, and it was filmed outside the hangar that housed Enola Gay, which was one of the bombers of that. Why? <laughs> Just that seems so extra. Symbolism. <laughs> <laughs> Just why? Just like, oh, the cast ruled against this. It was like, well, army actors, shut up. <laughs> just, just, just take the energy. Take the energy of this horrendous attack. Yeah, okay, yeah, done. He's a bit extra, isn't it? He's so extra. It's so unnecessarily extra. Matthew Perry was cast, but dropped out at the last minute. Oh my God, what was he, who was he cast as? He was playing, you know the role that uh, Harry Connick Jr. plays? Oh, yes. The... I've got a special name for him in my play-by-play. It's Not Goose. Was, oh no, mine's definitely going to die soon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the script took only f- you're not going to believe this <laughs> <laughs> the script well, well whatever you say because because I know it's going to be awesome because we all know that like Street Fighter was done in a day because then Mario was done in two nights so I'm looking forward to this four weeks F- fucking that's, that's longer isn't it <laughs> that's actually quite impressive apparently the rumour has it that Ethan Hawke threw the script out of the window of a moving car at the scene where he says, welcome to Earth. Oh, he was and that, that was the scene where he's like, where, yeah, where they punch the alien. Um, oh my God. It, that, do you know what? I'm going to say this now. And I, I like Ethan Hawke. He couldn't have pulled it off. He could not have pulled it. He's like, welcome to Earth. You need it's, di- it's a different, right. So here's the thing. So it was nineties Ethan Hawke, which we often get oh, I see that, like that's modern true. day Ethan Hawke we think of. Yeah. Um, and I like Ethan Hawke, but I like Ethan Hawke as well because what he's he has been a real campaigner for horror and low budget horror like Bloomhouse horror. He's I think he's he's great. Really looking forward to him in Moon Knight. Um, but also Will Smith, yeah, did come in and was like, "I am going to." Oh, no, it was the ET line. It's the ET line 
that um, Ethan oh. Hawke was like, I can't deliver that line. And Will Smith came in and was like, no, I'm going to deliver it. Charming, charismatic, funny. It's like whippy T's ass or something like that. Yeah. Um, you, used to, you know, you can quote The Rock. There was a time in my life I could quote this movie. Designer Patrick Tatopoulos came up with two alien concepts. Oh, is that why they've got two distinct looks? And they like both of them so much, they used them as an exoskeleton and then the real alien inside. Quite like that, though, I actually. Like that. I do quite like that. Is that something as a kid that I didn't really understand? I was like, mm. why has it got two heads? Why, why does it not matter if you cut one of them off? <laughs> yeah. Do you understand it again? Older? I like that, though. It's got this like big shell, this big like body armour. And it's kind of like quite timid. It's like quite timid. It's like you, you look at it, you go, I could probably do you in a fight. Mm. You, I couldn't do you with the tentacles and stuff, though, so get rid. <laughs> get rid of the, yeah, the... The telekinetic tentacles. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> Bit extra. Um, so extra. Had a sequel in 2016, and there are threats of the trilogy. Oh, I, I was researching this because it tanked so badly. They And now Disney own Fox, which mm. is who produced it. They've put that in a vault and thrown that vault in the sun to get rid of it because the second one, mate. Bit of spoiler. Wow, it's bad. I think it will come, though. I think it will come as well because... <sighs> Because there's something here. If you've got the intellectual property and you've got like the basic work and you've got people's kind of fondish memories, you, I think Disney will always. And look at what they've done with certain, you know, aspects of film franchise that we thought were dead. They've given them a new life. Yeah, I think if they do it though, I mean, I haven't seen the second one, but I know it wasn't good. That I imagine they will get rid of the second one and this will be yeah. the true sequel yes. to Independence Day. Try and get Will Smith back. Yeah, get, get Bill Pullman back, you know, and get Jeff Goldman back, get them all back, you know. Oh no, Will Smith's not in Resurgence. He famously didn't sign on, but all the other characters do come back. Oh, really? Yeah. All oh, right. So that's why that's why I specifically mentioned Will Smith. Okay. Because Will Smith was like, no, <laughs> he saw sense. He I did Wild West. And right. he fucked right off, mate. Final little fact before we get onto it is that Ewan McGregor got in hot water after Ooh. saying the film was abomination, um, which is ironic. So, because he said it, he said it was abomination because of the heavy use of CGI and that it was a ploy to get people into cinemas mm. and it was all style, no substance. Yeah, that's, that's which is fucking and, ironic because you were then in Attack of the Clones, mate. So, he's in fucking you cheeky fucking. <laughs> all right. 99% blue screen, that film. I've seen it. We're going to get into Independence Day there. So, let's break the movie down into the iconic scenes, the moments. I will say right up that the, the film is two and a half hours long, it is paced well. It's written in a way that is paced pretty well. And I think as far as alien movies go as well, alien invasion movies, Spielberg's War of the Worlds are good. Uh, so Spielberg wanted to do War of the Worlds here, but because Independence Day was so successful, pushed it right the way back to 2005, oh. I think it was, before he ended up doing that movie. Oh, is that why it's such a good... Oh, that's cool. So I really like this film that um, it does take its time. They, they arrive early, so the film starts with the shadow over the moon. And it starts with the aliens arriving and it does set up the set pieces that they position themselves, the unknown, the worry, the the concern, then the explosions. Then and it is, it, I think it is paced really well for a two and a half hour movie. I think for two and a half hours, it actually does fly by. And I think it, it doesn't, it knows exactly what it wants to do. So it sets up, it's like, it's like seeing the aliens come in. It's like, we have people react. Then the aliens come and then we debate why they've come. And then we decide they've come in peace. Then they blow shit up. Mm. Then we go to fight. <laughs> it's and really we, and we don't win to begin with. Get yeah. our ass kicked a second time, or the Americans do, whatever. And then we find out the way to kill them. Well, there you go. Yeah. Paper, paper laid down. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. So let's go for it. Right, man once landed on the moon, but left a plaque declaring mankind came in peace. Oh, 
a looming shadow covers the moon and engulfs man's message in darkness. The ground trembles in fear. What a metaphor. A man in an office is playing golf and hears a signal. What a prick. (laughs) Do your job. (laughs) Just... He's got the night shift. He's like, look, nothing's ever happened while I'm on nights. But but if I'm going to pay you, wakes up someone who's who's apparently sleeping in the smallest bed because he bangs his head. I don't know. I assume it's a bunk bed. But I don't understand it. If nothing happens Mm. and nothing's happened ever, (laughs) because this is the first time it's happened, why you need to sleep so close by in a bunk bed? Isn't this a bit of a cliche though in these movies as well? Where It's like, that is how you set it up, isn't it? Night shift worker. who's just autonomous every night doing the same shit. All of a sudden... You know the the one button that shouldn't blink starts blinking, or the 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 and the first thing they do is that they check there must be a fault. Yeah. It's like the thing that it's set up to do it can't be that. Start reading code quickly. <laughs> well, well, Sheets of code. Like what the hell is going on? So this signal, like it basically confirms the existence of alien life. The the first thing that's what the machine's built for. They don't go, oh my god, there must be alien life. They go, it must be broke. <laughs> It's like, you built the fucking thing to show you alien life. Why don't you just assume it's done it? Anyway, sorry. Bit of a rant. Rant away, James. Um, Safe space. Safe space. Uh, it can't be a meteor as it's slowing down. Ooh, it's a bit different. It's also, also, I don't know why they thought this meteor was given out. Like, the, the, the prepping Bruce Willis. <laughs> Just get him out. <laughs> it's coming from the moon. The president is talking to his wife on the phone. He turns on the TV and we hear that his approval ratings are down and even his crime bill failed to pass. Time for some information that definitely won't come up later. The president is a former captain and fighter jet pilot. He spends his morning talking to agents and being all around a nice guy. Yeah. Couldn't have been pretty, mate. He gives, he gives the sports page to the guard, thus negating the guard doing his job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's having a chat. He's having fun. We, we next meet Connie, his advisor, who tells him that the president is just... So she tells the she tells the president that the problem is that there's too much compromise and not enough action. Hmm. I like Margaret Collins. Yeah, she is. It's a good role. Yeah. And what we get now is we get the president Whitmore. I, I only refer to him as the president. You give him his title, but he's an affable guy. We like him. Mm. We're on his side. He's not a bastard. Yeah, he's not a seventy-year-old. You know, he's like he's young. He's other people. He's too young, Mike. Maybe they elected a warrior and they got a whim. I was just about to say oh, that. Sorry, they wanted a warrior. They wanted a warrior. <laughs> He served in the Gulf War. That's going to come later. Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe. He's not that telegraph, mate. I want another shot at it. <laughs> <laughs> also, I like the fact, I, I hate child actors. I, I, they're all terrible. Going to give it to here. There's quite a nice dynamic. So he, the wife's in a different city mm. and he's like, he's talking to his wife. And then the, the daughter straight up, obviously it was like, dad, let me watch Letterman. It's like, Treya. I love that. I yeah. like that dynamic. All it takes is a few lines and you already know. His family guy's nice. Well, I'd vote for him. And that's the most important thing. I would vote for him. Is that what you're looking for in a president? That is, yes. Yeah, so an on-screen <laughs> president. <laughs> yeah. Um, next up on this huge list of characters to give a shit about is David. David, who's playing chess in the park with his dad in New York City. We learn that he is divorced, a genius, but not fulfilling his potential and doing some dead-end job. <sighs> Something to do with satellites. Don't worry, probably won't come up again. <laughs> he's also ahead of his time as he's a champion of recycling, green energy, and trying to save the world. Wink, wink. Did you see what they did there? Get ready for the most telegraphed joke in the history of writing. It's going to pay off in about two hours. But again, I like it. We've gone from we've gone from LA where people are just waking up to New York where they're already up and playing chess in the park. It's good. It's a good setup. This this scene. I like the chessboard scene in New York. I like it as well. I, I, I like uh, the character of Julius. 
I like the dad dynamic. It, it doesn't... Only 17 years older than uh, Jeff Goldblum. Had to really? age him. Had to age, age him to make him look like a dad, yeah. Is that true? Yep. I did not. You know what? That's, the, that's good work. And he also got pooed on during that scene by a pigeon. That's such a Julius thing. To which yeah. an, extra, a, 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 an extra said, welcome to New York. <laughs> anyway, David gets into work with the most annoying character in the world, explains the situation. All the satellites are being a bit shitty and no one knows what's going on. Mm. They try to point it at a different satellite and it's like it wasn't even there. <gasps> and I don't give that guy a name because he's the most annoying character and I've decided to do something a bit different here. I, I don't, no negativity. Is, is that the guy with a very hoarse voice? Yes. Who I only, I only know from Miss Doubtfire. I was going to say, this and Miss Doubtfire is the only thing I know him as. Yeah, so also, fun fact, I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit in terms of his scene. Oh, mate, I try to ignore him as much. He's got such an annoying role in this film. Well, he... Um, he had to go in and dub one of his lines to keep it at 12. Oh. So in the bit where he's like, I got to ring my mom. I got to ring so-and-so. I got to ring my lawyer. And he says, oh, screw my lawyer. Yeah. That's dubbed because what he originally said was fuck my lawyer. Oh. And to keep it at 12 in the cinema. That's weird. He had that's to redo it. Th- but if you, if you watch it, you can see that he's, uh, his lips don't sync up. So, right. You want, you want, you know, you've got Connie, you know, you've got a president, you know, you've got David. Right. Well, wait, there's more. In California, father of three, former pilot in the Vietnam War, alcoholic and former alien abductee, Russell. Russell accidentally dusts the wrong field. Oh, Russell. Several smaller objects are entering the Earth's atmosphere, each headed to a major city where a bigger object remains in orbit above the Earth. The Americans send a plane to see what's going on, but inside the cloud is a giant fireball. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Just... What I love about it is what I, what I want from a pilot is one with very slow reactions <laughs> because they just stare at it for a full minute before they go, maybe we shouldn't. But we, we know our atmosphere. This is the yes, bit I don't that's get. We I know our atmosphere. So we, we know that don't fly into it. Don't fly into fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't, you know, dish it all. With no, one what is, no, with no one knowing what is going on, the president decides to stay in the White House to not start a panic. Nice. Cool-headed wants to do the right thing. While this is happening, silly old David has been checking out his satellites and hasn't even seen these unidentified flying objects entering the atmosphere. You silly sausage. He has discovered a pattern in the satellites, a constantly reducing pattern that will disappear itself in a certain amount of time. Like a timer, if you will. What could it all mean? Hmm. Hmm. Russell is in a diner when some people come in and take the piss out of him for thinking he was abducted by aliens. Well, fuck you, because the next second, the ships arrive, heading to all the famous cities, because why wouldn't you? You're an alien, you're on tour, you want to you want to check out New York, mate. Why so, wouldn't you? So this has been my, and I know we've talked about this off air a lot, but this has been my long-standing theory about Independence Day. Yeah. Is that Randy Quaid was abducted, <laughs> yep. the He's, anal probed him, yep. and his anus was that bad, <laughs> they decided <laughs> to destroy it. <laughs> they were like, we need to <laughs> for fuck's sake. destroy the origin. <laughs> Just, which makes sense. <laughs> How bad is Randy Quaid's anus? <laughs> or it's the opposite. They thought he was too good. It's too, they, too they, so, so they put him back and yeah. they were like, well, we'll leave him yeah. for a couple of years and then we'll go back to see if he like, need, if it was a one-off. We need, to, we need to get some bigger weapons to destroy that anus. <laughs> it's not like it's Michael Shannon's anus. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> It's like Randy Quaid, which is why I think it's a bad anus. It is a bad anus. Randy Quaid, look at him. He's got a bad anus. Yeah. He's a crop duster. I I can't imagine that's too healthy. I don't know. 
Anyway. But, you didn't, but you didn't think it was going to go there, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Which is weird because you've been saying that for years. <laughs> so I should have expected it. Anyway, do you know what the most heinous thing they've done so far is? They disturbed Will Smith's sleep. Yes. Trademark. Trademark. Uh, if you're going to introduce your hero, the cool one. He's oblivious. The last to know. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Still asleep. Yeah. He's the, so cool he'll sleep through an alien invasion. Because <laughs> it's an earthquake, mate. It's just yeah, an earthquake. Just an earthquake. It's, not even, it's not even a four. Uh, and we see objects for the first time. They are massive saucers that can cover whole cities. Aliens have come to America or the world, but we only see it from the Americans. Now, I'm going to stay here and say, I think this still holds up. So I asked Esther at this time. I said, Esther, first time watching it, I asked her what her opinions are with the film. And she went, well, I've heard about it because you've heard you grow on about it. Because when, when you see Moonfall, the instant connections are with Independence Day. Of all Roman, uh, Roman's films, these are the most transferable films. So she knows that she says she knew about it. She'd never seen it, but she knows it's kind of like an epic film that's not very good, but people enjoy it. It's nostalgia. And I asked her, what do the characters do? Mate, she told me that Will Smith's kind of the hero. She told me that David is not going to be listened to. And she told me that the drunk is going to get forgotten about, but somehow saved the day. So uh, On the money, mate. So paint by numbers, basically. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> predictable film. But this is the film I said, how does this scene hold up? She said, this is a very good scene and I quite like it. It's got cops walking out, you know, ignoring crimes, just staring at these. And you would. I actually think it's a really good representation of what people would do. Mm. There's another film that's awful called Skyline. And it's a terrible alien film, but they don't react because you don't see the sources arrive. You just, but you do see them getting sucked up, which is really cool. Um, <clears throat> I think as graphics go and storytelling is a very, two minutes of pretty good, feels, chills, if you're David even runs to the top, he wants to see it. This, there's this monumental occasion, you know, all the key characters, bar Will Smith, want to go see it. Mm. And the rest of you, man, he wants to fuck right off. So, but that adds to the comedy of where Will Smith does look up. Yeah, he's like, yeah. yeah. When, he's, when he's like, sees all the neighbours because he thinks they're running away because of an earthquake. Yeah, he thinks they're moving out, yeah. Sick well, of them he, quakes. He looks left they and quaking, looks right. They're running. <laughs> Shaking and they're running. And then, it, then yeah. he looks forward and he sees it. And what's even better about that is he's... he's, uh, he's Jasmine. He, Jasmine. Vivian even hands Fox. him a coffee. Yeah, she's like, he doesn't notice. So what I think is people don't look forward in LA. Yeah, that must be it. It's a good shout. Mm. Um, time to properly meet Will Smith. He's your average... Oh no, sorry, I apologise. David, sorry, going back, I apologise. David instantly knows what the signal hidden in the satellites is for, because he's an expert in satellites. That's what he does. Uh, and rings his ex-wife. It's only bloody Connie. What are the odds? Well, quite high, because she's the only female in it so far. Uh, what were the odds? She pies him off. He's talking shit, so get fucked, mate. That's a wicked <laughs> name. Constant Spano. Yeah, he's a pretty good name. But I love her. She, mate, so just remember this. Instantly tells him to go fuck it. Like, pie off, mate. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not having it. But David doesn't give up. He grabs his father, forces him to drive straight straight to Washington DC, where there's a saucer. Yeah. <laughs> what a cock! <laughs> I do love that there are that, that scene with because it's Judd Hirsch who plays Julius the dad and Jeff Goldblum, and the, in the driving in when everyone's driving out, he's like, yeah. "You forgot my schmuck." <laughs> <Just like. laughs> um, it is. Uh, so David, he wants to do something. So this is what I want you to take away from this part. Cause it, it's something might happen later and it, it changes. David wants to quickly go tell Connie and tell her the truth. And uh, Connie doesn't believe him. Okay. Just remember that. Wh Just remember that. Which character, right. So right now, fantasy casting, you can play the president, you can play the fighter pilot, you can play the satellite brains. Who would you play? I think David's the most interesting right now. Cause Will Smith's literally just woken up. <laughs> True. Um, 
and the president is the president's in believing, you know, he's playing the political game, whereas David seems to be I, I like I'm a big fan of the outsider. Mm. David's the outsider, he's the underachiever by choice. He comes up with a great line later when he's having an argument. The reason we spilled with Connie but it wasn't love. It was because um she wanted to do something with life. She wanted to be something special. Why didn't you? And he smashes like whiskey. Spoilers, he's drinking at the time. He's like, I thought I was something past me. He was like content with his life. Like, quite, I'm mm. drawn to that character who knows better than everyone else, but decides to have the calm life, trying to save the world. And I, I think Jeff Goldblum might be the most perfect casting for this role, this kind of laid back genius, but who's trying to better the world for everyone, not just himself. Because it is very much Malcolm from Jurassic Park. Oh, it's that, oh yeah, it's like near instant. So yeah. far, I get the idea he's not a womanizer. He's, as he, but in, in Jurassic Park, he's like a rock star mathematician. Yeah. And in this, he's <laughs> kind of like, which apparently he's, he's, a hip, he's a hipster, like... He is a hipster, isn't he? Yeah, but it's kind of cool. I could, Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, David, Jeff Goblin's David character is the one that you'd want to play. It does change though. Because fuck it, if I'm going to have a chance to be Will Smith, I'm probably going to be Will Smith. Yeah. You've seen my life. I need some Will Smithing. <laughs> Time to properly meet Will Smith. Um, he is your average Air Force captain trying to get into NASA. Mm. He's thinking of marrying his stripper girlfriend, Jasmine, mm. and becoming stepfather to a young son while also being best friend to a wise, cracking loudmouth. So let's be honest, the best friend isn't going to make it that far in this film. No. <laughs> I do like that bit as well. When he sees the ring, he's <laughs> like, I thought you were going to call it off. He's like, yeah, change your mind. But change my mind, so to marry her Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to marry her. That seems like the easier option. It, it, them's were the choices. What I love about this is, you, this is a late night film, homophobia. <laughs> just because there's a very contrived way where they have to get the best friend on his knees near Will Smith. And it's when he's like, you've got to kiss some booty. And then he proceeds to kiss Will Smith's booty just so a man can come in when he holds something and it looks like they're proposing to each other and he can be disgusted and walk away. Homophobia. Yeah. <laughs> got to love it. Uh, locker room humour. Mm. Um. Basically, uh, Will Smith invites Jasmine to the base so that she can see there is nothing to worry about. But do you know what? He doesn't get into NASA. Bet that won't come up later. Russell, on the other hand, he's arrested for dropping leaflets trying to warn people of the aliens' intentions. The local news interviews the bad guys from before who again take the piss out of Russell, who was right this whole time. <laughs> Oh, Russell. But it's his anus that's caused all this, James. Russell, his family, and his motorhome community decide to up and leave before the spaceship's gone. But, but right, so this is what's happened. Everyone takes the piss out. He's the local drunk. They take the piss out because his arsehole is that bad, right? But he says that they're aliens. And then in a weird turn of events, it turns out that aliens are real and they've come to kill people. Well, okay, aliens are real. We don't know the rest of it. But everyone else still takes the piss out of him. I don't understand. I don't understand it. Esther said to me, it's because everyone wants their five minutes in the... When I quizzed Esther on this, she went, oh, it's because they want, you know, their five minutes of fame. I was like, well, you won't get five minutes of fame because aliens have just arrived. The fucking planet. You, you also need, for the arc of Randy yeah, Quinn's yeah. character, uh, Russell Case. It seems weird, though. Don't you, you, don't you, it's a weird he, choice. Yeah, spoilers. He becomes the hero. What? That... You need him at the lowest. He, so out of everyone, so Will Smith's character, Jeff Goblin's character, Bill Pullman's character, you need the hero to be the lowest. Mm. And, and it does that by setting him up as a drunk failure, you know. Um, Terrible father. Yeah, conspiracy there's a, theorist. There's a scene I've missed out where the kids decide to leave without him. And I loved that. I loved the, the fact they were just like, let's just get the fuck out before yeah. he gets here. But he gets dropped off just in time. Oh, so, right, David and his dad hack his ex-wife's phone. 
I'm just saying you couldn't do that now. It's romantic. <laughs> it's, there, it's, it's it's not a bad thing, but it's now, if you're like, get to jail, <laughs> you fucking freak. You've just driven from New York City to Washington, D.C. to hack her phone. You fucking weirdo. <laughs> it's a bit weird as well. Like, luckily, she's in the corridor where there's a window. Yeah, also, <laughs> it's fucking close by as well. It's not like, it's not like I've been to Wales, but it's fucking miles between the They were just like, just finish what you're doing just, and flush. And then, <laughs> and then just finish what you're doing, then walk 1.6 metres outside. Uh. Um, anyway, he explains to her off screen, she instantly believes him now. She instantly believes him. And she gets a message. She gets a meeting with him with the with the president. So beforehand, didn't believe him. This time, seen missing. She believes him. Clash here. Clash, Clash here. of two titans. Because oh, you're obviously right. you find out that some of that relationship broke up because well, uh, he accused that there may have been some hanky panky going on between his uh, you know his his love Constance Spano and potentially president. Not president at the time. He was president. At the time. Yeah, the two men have a history. The two quickly bicker and David instantly gives up and tries to leave. <laughs> he's just like, he's not listening, so I'm going to go now. Fuck it. What is your fucking plan, David? <laughs> because you've on a laptop. He then pulls out a laptop and he explains, explains um, basically what what the the signal is because he's an expert in satellites and there's an, ex, uh, you know, points of reference. They're using the satellites to coordinate an attack because there's so many vast spaceships all across the earth. They can't communicate with each other. So this is literally a signal. All get into position, and when the signals disappear, blow shit up. And the president believes him. What I love about this is it's all instant. It's all instant. It's like, oh, I believe, because no one has thought about that. Mm. No one. Thank you, satellite repair man, whatever you are. Thank you. It is, it is a bit odd, this scene as well, is it? Because there's 30 minutes. Yeah. Not enough time to evacuate three major cities. Well, 15 major cities across the world. They're and, all. And also, it's. <laughs> Also, this is Indiana Jones' problem. So at the same time, a nice wagon is sent to the alien ship to basically make peace. It's just got lights. It's shining them. And the aliens shoot it down. And this happens at exactly the same time as the president orders an evacuation. So if David had not gone, he probably would have still done the same thing. He probably still would have evacuated. It is Indiana Jones syndrome. <laughs> it's Indiana Jones. So we wouldn't, David wouldn't have changed it. However, I'm on the alien side because if I'm parked up in the lay by and some cock comes up and flashes headlights at me I'd want to shoot him down as well so, that, <laughs> so that's the other thing isn't it that when they when they shot that scene they, the um, there was loads of reports of aliens in the sky because of that that, that helicopter with the lights on the side of it, the mm. welcome wagon when they seen, when they filmed that scene, loads of people caught it on camera saying like, there's an alien up there. <laughs> Not realising they're filming a film about aliens up that's there. That's amazing. In that. a scene where they're trying to communicate with an alien. But yeah, I think um I don't know, like, right, let's say you're, let's say you live in New York mm. and a big fucking 50 mile mothership comes along. I'm getting, I'm getting so far the fuck out of there. It's unbelievable. How quick, like the moment, like, because when it parks its anus above the Empire State Building. <laughs> what, what? Right, so, so this is my logic. I'm a New Yorker. Get out of the way, I'm, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Right, so I would rather spit on a New Yorker. <laughs> Then I'd beat them to death and say hello to them. No, I'm only joking. New Yorkers are, are very famously uh, nice people. But I, one, I'd be annoyed, jump the queue. Mm. <laughs> it's like, how dare you? Also, at the same time, why has it gone to the most famous places? It's, it's like, something, two things can happen. Either there's going to be loads of them and they're going to be touristy as fuck and I don't want that. Or two, they're going to blow the shit up. Yeah. Also, I can get the White House because they go, oh, it's a 
it's a it's a national importance. It's a world leader. It's world leader. It's, it houses the president. I don't I don't I don't get, you know, the Empire State Building. <laughs> there's, there's, there's nothing tallest building. Yeah, so that's what he's like. Or oh, this will destroy their morale. I don't get it. Like in London, they do Big Ben. I get mm. that. And then then I don't get the rest. You'd think they'd go to the 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 centre, wouldn't you? Which yeah, or, I don't know, cent, cent, Central Park, maybe. But as we as we know, he, he wants to take out military targets. So so do that. <laughs> go go to the military places first. Don't give them time. Mm. What are you doing? It's almost like this film hasn't thought it's like science through. <laughs> do you know why? I've got such a rant about science at the end of this. <laughs> um, so I do apologise. The, the president starts evacuating everyone. A giant door on the bottom of the ship opens. Essentially, it's anus. <laughs> Emits a tranquil light blue. That's very beautiful. It's a very nice hue. Yeah, it is very... Uh, what you've got in uh, Jasmine, who is a stripper, her, her friend is at this party, stood, in front, stood on top of one of the buildings, celebrating the coming pace. And during this scene, we get quite... You know, in the story, you get a news report in the background. I get my favourite news report in the background. The local government, uh, the local cops are reminding the Los Angeles people to not shoot, <laughs> to not shoot your weapons at the because <laughs> it may trigger an interstellar war. I, I was just thinking that is such a fucking American. It's just like don't shoot them. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Ron, it's Ron Perlman shooting at a meteor. Oh, it's fucking, it's so brilliant. And it, I'd forgot. It's one of those things that I've always loved. I've always loved, and I forgot about it. And when mm. I saw it, I was fucking creasing my laughter. Completely. Can imagine that you're, you're like an alien on one of them ships, and you do come in peace, and, and you're, you're just looking, you're just looking at your window. You're like, you motherfucker, <laughs> just show me. <laughs> just come for the Empire State. Fucking rude. It took us fifty years <laughs> to get here. You knob. <laughs> right, Burnham. <laughs> um, basically, lasers start happening. All the ships start opening at the same time, but they don't come in peace. It's not inspiring. It's deadly. It's explosions. Catastrophic. It's destruction. Big Ben, gone. Empire State Building, gone. The White House, gone. Yeah. Historic landmarks, gone. Mm. Then we get, so this is the models. So the models here, I still think, hold up, I'm, I love practical effects. So the models getting blown away, beautiful. They still, they they do look like buildings getting yeah. blown up. Insert a scene that I never really responded to as a kid. We see the explosion from the POV shot of a man still working in a building. <laughs> Do you see that guy in the office? I remember thinking... You didn't get the memo. This is that guy. It's like, aliens have landed, but but Dave said he did this paperwork done, so I've got a choice. And he, he started with paperwork, and I just think he's the real hero. <laughs> <laughs> deadline. You know, I've got a deadline. <laughs> um, a terrible scene here where Jasmine gets away with her son and uh, Boomer, her dog, just survives. That's shit. That's really bad CGI. So... I did read about this and I can't quote it, but it was something to do with a tested with audiences where the dog died. I've heard this And it before. caused uproar. So they had to go back and shoot. So, so they, they, because it was so in a 12 that would attract a young audience, that could be quite frightening to see the such dog. a, you yeah. need, you need a moment where there's a little bit of spirit and it's in the form of a fucking dog. Yeah. Amazing. But that's not all that happens. The president barely gets away on Air Force One. Mm. And the first lady's helicopter is caught in an explosion. Marilyn Whitmore. <sighs> Going down, sorry. Well, it's time for Will Smith and his soon-to-be-dead best friend and several other definitely dead pilots to counterattack. <laughs> it just It's a scene where it's like, guess which one will survive? It's the one you can name. <laughs> the rest of them are fucked. Blayton nods to Star Wars in the scene. Exactly. All the cockpit sh- um, like shots. It's really cool. Is, mm. is, 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 is you know what? 
I think they're a bit too. Bearing in mind, aliens have come. I think. I think what I love about this film is, other than the first like reaction scenes, about three minutes, they're pretty calm. Mm. Oh, these aliens are coming. It turns out they're pretty, pretty evil. Let's stand around and have a meeting about it. <laughs> I, I do. Lo- I do love how it's like how macho do you want us to be as alpha as possible. Here's some cigars. Yeah, cigars. Not until the fat lady sings. All that kind of you know bravado on the way up there. They're like, oh, we're just going to spank these aliens a little yeah. bit. Just smash them and go home. Yeah. You know, they've traveled all this way, you know, and you think, what, they've just got that one? <laughs> what, what I love about it is... What, laser beam? They're so confident. They're like, oh, we can do this. There should have been a news report where, where a bloke comes... You know that news report about not shooting him? You, you, it's Los Angeles. Point your guns, go for it. To, point your guns to the sky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, they're given cigars. They have the hardware and they have the cojones to take out these invading scum. Their missiles prove to be ineffective as the giant ship has a force field protecting it, which is a bit unfair. It it's a bit dick, dick move, isn't it? It's a dick move. It's not fair. Then they are joined by a squadron of smaller alien ships and we have a dogfight on our hands. These smaller ships also have shields and the humans are destroyed. Bit of a dick move. <laughs> it's it's you're too OP. And this is the bit as well where I always go back to it's Phantom Menace, it's pod racing scene. In a film that's such high stakes and explosions and pace really well, this scene do actually to be fair, rewatching it this week didn't 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 drag as much as I thought it was. Going into it, I was like, oh fuck, there's that dogfight scene that goes on forever. Yeah. It's not actually that bad. But I do want to know, and it's probably one of films mysteries, what his best friend's oh strategy was. It was to fly to the sun, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Connick Jr. is like, I'm gonna try something. And then and then Wilson goes you don't don't, don't try that <laughs> just um, I love that he goes I'm going to try something and your man goes no yeah and then Will Smith at one point literally says no no because you need to be able to breathe yeah and then, the, part. And, then, and then the guy takes his breathing mask off he says I can't breathe so put your fucking mask yeah. back on then you absolute because you got too high maybe I don't know I don't know what but you were planning on doing but well, I, well I've got everyone dies except for Will Smith and his friend who shy surprise dies doing dot 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 something question mark he looks, he looks like he says he goes I'm going to try something the sun <laughs> <laughs> Maybe his name was Icarus. Maybe. Um, but don't worry, Smith doesn't reference this death for all the rest of the film. <laughs> Mate, no one at this point has referenced aliens. <laughs> no, there's not that one scene where someone's gone, fucking aliens. Do you know what I mean? Like, aliens, aliens, aliens arriving on Earth is so in- inconsequential that David doesn't even realise because he's like, fucking, if you heard this signal in the satellite, it's going to be epic. And to, be, to give him credit, like Marty, Harvey... Fisting, the character that he's on about oh, with, with the gruff so voice. And he's At dead least there's the a scene where he's hiding under a table because he gets the fucking gist. He's yeah. like, no shit, aliens are here. But yeah, I did I did expect a cutaway scene at some point or some stone to just be like, fucking aliens. <laughs> just fuck me. Um, Smith uses his superior flight skills to make the UFO crash into a canyon wall, but he has to sacrifice his own fighter to do so. He walks over to the earth welcomes him to earth and knocks him the fuck out. Now that's what I call a close encounter. <laughs> I'll be honest. I love these one liners. I think that they're better now than when I was a kid, but I was like, this is you. I remember reading at the time, a, or, or just after this kind of piece that was about how that was a, like, again, a metaphor for America's uh, opinions towards like, immigrants and stuff like that. And I was like, you're reading into this film yeah, a bit like, too fucking like, much. It's, it's, no. He's like, he punches him and he says a famous line, walking to earth. Like, I, to be honest, this is the movie does, Will Smith's arc of the film does now turn and mm. become very comedic. 
in yeah. what otherwise other people are playing is a very straight movie. Yeah. I see that. You ready? Because the bit where he's dragging the alien in the parachute. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently, it, what, is that, what is that damn smell? It's an improvised line that Will Smith said because it stunk. Well, I can't imagine that. Because those, <laughs> those flats, those planes... They have tiny crustaceans that die in the sand and it does stink apparently. And so yeah. when he turns around and goes, what the hell is that smell? He's, he's actually him. But <laughs> Oh, and also because a lot of the cast got real bad uh, sunburn at this scene as well. Oh. So I just drop in facts like alien ships. Or human ships. Okay. Anyway, the aliens turn their attention to the aircraft base and fuck it up, mate. Because what I love about this is they, I love the fact that the humans thought there'd be no repercussions. They'd be like, we'll send fires out. Oh shit, we've, we, we're totally unprepared for this this space civilization that's mastered space travel and somehow outgunned us. Oh shit. Fucking oh, <laughs> <laughs> idiots. Air Force, on Air Force One, it's time for another plot dump. <clears throat> Connie and David didn't break up because of love. They break up because she wanted more. She still loves him and he still loves her. Don't worry about it. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> The president is debating with his general and the and the secretary of defense about the use of tactical nuclear warheads. David overhears this and defiantly argues against their use, saying the earth would be left uninhabitable. The secretary of defense screams to have David removed, but Julius sticks up for his dad in a kick-ass scene where he's basically like, "You'd all be dead if it wasn't for David." Although I still don't think that would have happened. <laughs> I still think I still think they them leaving happened at exactly the same time an event happened where they would have left anyway, mm. so they would have been fine. Um, but he does stick up for them and says, and then he brings up the immortal lines, that you knew about this for 50 years and you could have stopped it in Roswell, New Mexico, and you did nothing. The president basically laughs this off and tells him it's a story that there is no Area 51. <gasps> but shy surprise, the Secretary of Defense tells him that Area 51 is real and they've known about aliens all this time. Question, wouldn't you have thought to mention that when the existence <laughs> of aliens was proven to be a fact? And this this point is brilliant. So insert James Rebhorn, the character who... The most famous James. The, yeah, the point of this guy being in it, you're like... So the person in the era of the president, this is the danger, isn't it? In, yeah. In, in any he, kind of political drama. New, and he's wanted to nuke everything from the beginning. Yeah. It's like, it's like it's when they heard there was a signal, I nuke it. Is it? There's something wrong with the satellites. Nuke him. Fucking <laughs> nuke everything. <laughs> it's like your approval rains down. Nuke him. You get a nuke. You get a nuke. <laughs> Don't get me started with Canada. Like, he... He is the person that you know is really... In a movie about aliens blowing up shit, you know this guy's the villain. Because yeah, he's, <laughs> he's kept he's, his fucking mouth... Because he's old and white. He's definitely yeah. him. He's like, well, actually, funny thing, President. <laughs> funny thing. There may actually be a fucking alien oh. that we've had on the planet for fucking 56 years and no one's thought to tell you about it. And then later on, when President Whitmore's like, why don't you tell me about this? Plausible deniability. Yeah, but it was like... Two words, James. For what I love that, he says plausible... <laughs> I actually thought that. That's that. Um, what I love about that is it's plausible deniability. And then as, as I've as a president, I've got, I don't understand what you mean because aliens then showed up. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, so what's my deniability? I could say, oh, no. <laughs> I could have gone, they're not real. <laughs> but then hold on, let's play this, let's play this out. So he's basically saying, by not telling you, we protected you because you couldn't lie about something. You can only lie if you know the truth. Yeah, exactly. We don't tell you the truth. But then, the which in ultimate... theory, which in theory works until an alien exactly. So, so, so you need to see, you need to see him with James Redhorn. Flashback fifty years. <laughs> Should we tell the president? Nah, no, no chance. These will ever get it. <laughs> like one, one's got here somehow. We don't know oh, how we got here. Just there's there's a memo. You see the memo. There's a memo. He goes, we should tell the president. He just puts in a shredder. 
<laughs> and also, what the fuck was that alien ship doing? Right, so let's look at let's look at the hierarchy of alien shit right now. You've got yeah. the mothership, who's still hovering up in space. Yes. Deploys the 15-mile radius ones. Yes. Which also spit out the little fighter jets. Yes. Where was this guy going? Well, I think, I do, does data from Star Trek, the next generation, say that, uh, Brett Spinner, say that it was part of an advanced force, the scouting party. But what I love about that is why is it scouting somewhere 50 years ahead of where it's supposed to be. And also, what brought it down? That's never explained to me because what brought that down, that's what you need to arm your troops with. <laughs> so, like, because because so far, we know weapons that work, but rocks, rocks work fucking brilliantly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, that alien, it's like, let's say his name was Dave. Who are we sending on the uh, on the scout machine? Dave, don't Dave. send Dave. Oh, Dave. He'll, crash, he'll crash in a desert, Dave will. <laughs> Dave's, a, Dave's a useless brick. <laughs> Dave crashes, well, to be fair. <laughs> did tell you that. Yeah. Where did he, do? oh, somewhere. I don't know. Oh, we'll go get him 50 years. <laughs> It'll be fine. Let's have a pint, you no, fucking mug. Back at home, they're like, where's Dave? He hasn't come back. Fuck that. We're going to get Dave. <laughs> get, get your boots. <laughs> should, should we send everyone? So, Dave's and, wife says he didn't come back from Earth. Let's have a fucking get one then. Do you your drinks. <laughs> Just like, Dave on, had a pack, family. Back him up. <laughs> and do you know the best way to find Dave? Blow <laughs> shit up. <laughs> Blow up, blow up places where Dave could be. He's, he always loved New York. Do that first. Oh. Yeah. Fucking Dave. Oh, you bastard. This, this is, I'm not going to lie, James. This is the bit where it fell apart. <laughs> it's, I do like that scene where, they, they were, like, like I say, Albert Nimziki, who's the, uh, what did you say, Secretary of State. Secretary of Defence. Yeah, he's just like, fuck it. Right, I've got a secret. What Probably stop to tell anyone. What what I still love about it is as well is that is that what 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 convinces him to turn the truth is when an old Jewish guy goes, You knew then. And the president goes, No, he didn't. He could have shut up. <laughs> he still didn't have to go, actually he's right. Because he's, he's lied before. Flashback 50 years. He's like, I'm not gonna tell the truth unless I get accosted. Oh, I'll tell the truth. On April Swan. Oh. Then I'll tell the truth. Anyway. Get away from this scene that does kill the movie. <laughs> just let it go. <laughs> yeah, everything's yeah, it's real. Yeah, oh shit. <laughs> Turn this fucking plane around. <laughs> anyway, Jasmine. She's on her way to the base to meet up with Will Smith with a bunch of survivors like this. She survives, so she finds a truck, she starts firing people. They stumble upon the first lady. That's, that's lucky. <laughs> it's convenient, isn't it? Aren't you um no, yeah. no one else? Though. Yeah, that's me. Also, this is a point I didn't want to bring up. I love the fact that you know all the guards for the president and the first lady. Like he's like, I want you to come back. I was like, you are the charge of them. Did you just tell her to fucking come back? Tell mm. the guard to grab her by the hair and stick her <laughs> in the helicopter and tell her to fucking make a move on. Um oh. They stumble among the first. Day. Meanwhile, Smith comes across Russell and his band of motorhomes. Smith gets a lift to a nearby base that he saw when he was flying up above, but it isn't on the map. He approaches the base with about 100 motorhomes and is told the area is classified and he can't come in. So he shows them the alien body. The guy shits himself. And why, for no reason, he lets in 100 motorhomes <laughs> like a dick. <laughs> oh... Also, he's a guard at Area 51. He shouldn't be that impressed by one alien body. Also, there's an alien invasion. So this existence, he shouldn't go, I've seen them. It's like, we've got one of them in there. What an arsehole. Yeah. But also, 150 hours, let them all in. This one person's got a valid reason to be here, but fuck it, get them all. Let them all, get parked. Oh. 
The president has just landed in Area 51 and meets a Baldwin, not the coin, <laughs> and demands to be let into the laboratory, which is a clean room. So no, I'm just saying that if he enters that room, he has a chance of destroying all the work there. But no, you do what you want. Yeah, the president. <laughs> While in there, meet the head scientist who's data from Star Trek Next Generation, who also isn't wearing the corrective non-static clothing. Basically, do whatever you fucking want in this fucking clean room. <laughs> so he is modelled. So Dr. Oaken... Mm. So apparently, reading the trivia of this movie, he looks, acts, talks exactly like the um, prop and the prop and production designer of the Stargate movies, who was also ah. a Ocran. So it's just like a call to me, oh, yeah, cool. it's, it's like a respect to to that guy. And apparently, Brett's been a Brent's been a captured like that is exactly that guy. Apparently, that, that's think, nice. Yeah, I, liked, I remember when. I was a big Star Trek fan. When I saw Brad Spinner, I was just like, I like this on the head, like casting. It's like, ooh, he was in a sci-fi great. Yeah. Now he's in this film. I love yeah. I love when they do stuff like that. It's like William Shatner being the cleaner. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, basically, fucking clean room my arse. <laughs> the scientists have a spaceship and three alien bodies. The scientists know the capabilities of the spacecraft, begging the question, why didn't they fucking tell anyone? And also, why was the guard at the front so blown away by this one body? He works at Area 51 and there's a Jesus Christ, swear to God, invasion happening. Why is he this impressed that he led towards... Mate, this sticks in my craw a lot. It's just like, it's like, have you got a pass? I shows him an alien corpse. And the guy's like, no, I asked for a pass. <laughs> Did you, I didn't say alien body. And also we get 10 of them a week. And also, and also area 51 is a place where a lot of people go because they think is, so surely someone has tried to, to put a fake alien body through there before. Why is this guy so blown? It was like, fact. Also there's three aliens in there. So we got this wrong, James. It was Dave and two of us. It was Marty and John. Is it back? back it's, it's a we, bachelor party. Is Dave, is Dave come back? No, it's only Dave. Oh, you took Marty and John. What? For John? Send everyone. John owes me 50 quid. <laughs> Game. Oh, the scientist starts operating on the alien that Will Smith brings in. The president wants to watch because he's a sick fuck. He just want to see it. So apparently, again, trivia, Bill Pullman channeled a previous experience of having a decaying tooth removed. Oh, okay. So all of his facial expressions and um, that's what he channeled for this scene. <laughs> so it's like the alien autopsy scene, think of that time you got your tooth removed. Yeah, well, I was numbed as fuck, so I don't really mind. <laughs> that's what, that's what the, the internet tells me, James. Well, there's nothing wrong on the internet. Um, before he can get there, the alien wakes up, attacks the scientists and plugs in the steam machine. <laughs> I love this scene. <laughs> that fills the area. I love the fact that that the alien's like, smoke machine. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like to make an appearance. Yeah, exactly. Um, the president and co show up and see Data at the window asking to be released. The non-Queen Baldwin goes to open the door like a proper fucking pill. <laughs> it's like, get him out. Well, let's get him out there. <laughs> because as we've shown, we don't give a shit yeah. about procedures. You're useless. <laughs> um, he is stopped when it is noticed that the alien is speaking using Data's body to communicate. The president asks for peace. The alien tells him to just lay down and take it like a bitch. <laughs> I quite like that scene where he's like, what What do you want us to do? And the alien's like, die. <laughs> just fucking die. Yeah. Um, it, it, it then tries to take over the president's mind. The Baldwin has to be reminded that he should probably not let an alien control the president and is ordered to shoot the alien dead. <laughs> I don't get it. It's like, is that, is that glass bulletproof? No. <laughs> Maybe you should chew it then. <laughs> <laughs> or 
Don't know how mind control works, but now the president knows the plans of the aliens. <laughs> yeah, that is weird, isn't it? And decides to nuke the aliens' balls off instantly. <laughs> Just, um, David gets drunk and Smith steals a chopper to go see if Jasmine is alive. He finds her and the rest of the survivors and is able to reunite the president and his wife just in time for her to die due to plotitis. So the plot decided it was time for her to die. It's a sad scene. You get one scene and then he has to, don't worry, don't come up again. (laughs) Bill Bill Pullman's like, look, I don't know who I'm up for against uh, the Oscar this year. It's either me or George Clooney and Batman and Robin. I want them all. I want all the plot points. And the president launches the nuke, but the alien spacecraft remains unharmed. There is no hope left for mankind. At this rate, all major cities will be destroyed in less than 36 hours. Everyone goes to bed on the 3rd of July, wondering if they will survive the night, wondering if there's any hope left. What will tomorrow bring? The 4th of July. No one knows. David is very drunk. Smashing around a laboratory. I didn't recognise this as a kid, but the reason he's smashing it up, because I was listening this time, is he says, I'm going to fuck this planet up so much that the aliens don't want it. Which, I, in hindsight, I was like, that's a good plan, because we are actually doing that 20 years later. <laughs> so, so, Independence Day tours a lesson? He tours. All hope is gone. His father comes in to speak to him, explaining that we all lose faith sometime, and get off the floor if you will catch a cold. Eureka! Honestly, MVP so far. Julius. Julius has done more for the world at this point than anyone else. Time to wake up the generals. The satellite man has a plan. <laughs> he places a Coke can on a ship and asks the Baldwin to shoot it down. The bullet hits the ship, ricochets all over the lab again, but this, you know, he could possibly kill someone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it kills Gary. It's all right, it's fine. <laughs> what I love about this is, uh, yeah, so, so he does that. Then he does some sort of computer stuff and he asks him to shoot again. Baldwin, without thinking, does it again. <laughs> just, I love the non-Queen Baldwin, mate. He's fucking nailing it. Has he discovered how to bring down the alien shields? Oh my God, he has. He's going to give it a computer virus. <sighs> hold hold on, mate. The plan is to use the alien aircraft to enter the alien mothership, upload the virus, destroy it with a big-ass weapon. Will Smith has seen the aircraft in action. Apparently that means he's perfectly qualified to fly it, despite the fact that he's been studied for 50 years by scientists. Trojan horse, mate. <laughs> but surely someone else knows that he had, they have to write down the controls for Will Smith. He's like, this is an alien aircraft, so nothing you've done mm. will ever be like that. Uh, Barry over there has been studying for the last 30 years. They fuck that, Will Smith. We know the actor playing <laughs> the captain. Give it to him. Um, Imagine the fucking alien shit when this all the fucking Dave's <laughs> spaceship moves <laughs> He's back, Dave's back. Go on off the attack. Let him in. Um, David will go with him to help upload the virus. Why does it have to be him? <sighs> well, he's always been trying to save the earth. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, a two hour build up for the most obvious joke. Well done. <laughs> Actually quite like that scene. I'm not going to put out. But, but that's not it, mate. There's still more. Finally, the Americans have a plan, which is good because all the other forces have been sat around with their thumbs up their ass. <laughs> the English, literally in the most English scene, about bloody time. I'd like to point out that during this time, the England have somehow found peace between Palestine and Israel. <laughs> so it's not as if we've not been doing anything. The Russians... They're, they're, you're allowed to like them at this point, so they're there. What I love about this is when it goes to the Japanese, one bloke decides, one guy walks in there, they give him a piece of paper, goes, we attack at noon. It's like, maybe you should fucking ask someone who put you in charge, <laughs> you absolute melt. Um, the Americans have the equipment, but not the pilots, so they ask for anyone with flight experience. Oh, Russell. 
insert character that you forgot about. He is somehow still the joke when he mentions he was abducted. For fuck's sake, Russell. Oh, Russell. They still roll their eyes. Smith marries Jasmine. Connie and Dave are the witnesses and they kind of rekindle their relationship. They hold hands a little, give themselves some flirty looks. It's like, maybe if I don't die, I will still bang you. <laughs> and now it's time for the single great speech. True story. I was watching this. I was watching this with her. Esther genuinely said, I'm getting tired now. Can we turn it off for a minute? And I went, you're tired now. I swear to God, it was just before the scene. I went, I know something that will G you right up. And I played this speech. Mate, to this day, I write this speech in... Uh, You've read it in mine? I've had I, I, read it, I read it in birthday cards all the time. And it is the best speech. <clears throat> it is possibly the greatest speech given my, by sitting or f- fictional president. It's just the best. Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the greatest aerial battery bat- battle <laughs> in the history of mankind. Mankind. A word should have new meaning for us all today. It really shouldn't, though. <laughs> we can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July and you will once again be fighting for our freedom, not from tyranny, oppression or, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to survive, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive because today we celebrate our Independence Day. My, I mean, Bill Pullman does it better than that. I'm my mum my asked me what film we were doing this week and I said, and I, as a clue, I said, it's not just an American holiday. And she went, Independence Day. That's how good this speech is. I don't think my mum's ever seen Independence Day. <laughs> It is a speech of near cannibal perfection. Mm. It is brilliant. And do you know what? We take the piss out of it and it holds all... You get a little goosebumps. You're like, because you know it's coming it's, as well. It's <laughs> not Al Pacino at halftime in any, in any given Sunday. Like that, that's a speech. I said, oh, I don't know. I'd put it up there. I, oh, I'd I would put, put it up there. there. I'd put it up there, yeah. <sighs> the president ends the speech the only truly American way. By getting in a fire jet and blowing up some foreigners. Oh, yes, he does. Because he's a red-blooded fucking American. Belongs in the sky, mate. All this time, mate. He's been held back by politics. And all he wanted to do was shoot people. Just wanted to... <laughs> it's all he wanted. Mm. Smith steals Julius's last two cigars. Then he and David head up to space to upload the virus. Accidentally gets it the wrong way. Thus proving that he wasn't the most qualified person. He accidentally runs into a wall. That's why NASA wouldn't have him. <laughs> Great, the letter. The letter at the beginning of the film when he gets it, he's not letting to us. He goes, you have a tendency to fly backwards. You, you don't know forwards. <laughs> um, the aliens have heard about Area 51, but that makes sense because like literally everyone's there now, all the main characters. <laughs> so where have you been? And are getting nearer. Connie has to explain that there are people outside to the Baldwin and that they should probably save them. For fuck's sake, Baldwin. Oh, the virus has been uploaded, but the president's missile doesn't breach the shield. We must have another shot. I want another shot at it. Eagle ready. So he uses two. So he uses the force. He turns <laughs> off his guidance missiles, and the second one does. They can hurt the alien spacecraft. I imagine that that first missile hitting must have felt like a fucking rush. Yeah, because because force fields are dick moves. To be yeah, fair, they are. It's, they're, they're OP. 
Mm. Oh, you, you're going to hate the second film. Um, <clears throat> David. But I, I do like I do like the David and Will Smith character. I forgot his name. Hiller. Oh, I've literally Hiller. been calling him Will Smith throughout the entire thing. But I do <laughs> like when they are... So they go into the mothership. Yes. They get drawn in. Like, they take over control of the ship. They dock. And there's this moment of complete submission where they're like... Well, they're Hiding. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, well, fuck it. We're going to pop her head up in a minute and they're going to realise I'm not Dave. Well, what I like about this is that this truly advanced alien technology hasn't changed in 50 years because it's still exactly the same. And then but the guy's like, the, the controlling alien's like, I haven't seen you in 50 years. I'm just part yeah. you here. And is that a nuke you've got attached <laughs> to your ship? What is going on? Why are your windows closed? And more so, why did you close your windows right in front of me? That's rude. <laughs> why is Will Smith in there? <laughs> it's just, I know him. <laughs> um, David and Smith are caught in the mothership and cannot move while the president kicks ass. But everyone's running out of missiles and they just aren't doing enough damage to the alien aircraft. It opens its anus to fire its <laughs> primary weapon. So the president decides to target it with his last remaining missile. But no. What I love about this, this is essentially um, video game logic. Mm. The biggest light. Like, so, so genuinely, if aliens were real and there was a UFO in the sky, I'd be like, where's the brightest light? Just shoot there. <laughs> because that's all I know. That's what video games in this movie has taught me. The most light, shoot it. Mm. Um, there's it's, better, no- it's better than Jason Isaacs in, in Armageddon when he's explaining about, like, if you set off a, a, a firecracker yeah. or an, in England, a, a firework. Firework. Yeah. On your hand, it will give you a burn. But if you close your fist around it, it'll blow your hand up. Yeah, this is this just is pretty shoot, much that. Just shoot inside. Yes, <laughs> so you shoot the outside or shoot inside it. Shoot inside it, mate. Um, but no, the president does not hit the primary weapon. There's no one else up there with missiles, or is there? On a uh, personal note, sir, I just like to add that. Um, Ever since I was kidnapped by aliens ten years ago, I've been dying for some payback. And- Oh, Russell. Oh, Russell! <sighs> but his fire is broken, and so Russell becomes an instant hero when he decides to sacrifice himself by flying directly into the primary weapon of the ship, causing a chain reaction that explodes the ship from the inside out and causes it to crash. Mm. The humans are winning. It's time to bring these fuckers down. Oh, straight in the anus. <sighs> Meanwhile, in space, Smith and Dave light their cigars and resign themselves to death. They wave at the aliens, put up a Jolly Roger sign, and infect their computers, and launch a nuclear warhead into the ship. But it releases the clams somehow, don't get over it, and basically they have 30 seconds to escape. They get caught up in the nuclear explosion whilst they're leaving. They're pretty cool, mm. pretty cool escape scene. Do they make it to the Earth? Well, this is also the point where eagle-eared viewers would listen and hear Jeff Goldblum say the same lines from Jurassic Park, must go faster. Must go faster. To this day, some people think it's dubbed. Do they? Yeah. Oh. You don't see him say it. You just hear it. They do survive. It? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do survive. The aliens are down, mate. Don't really know how some of the countries do it because you you genuinely see people fighting them with sticks and rocks, but apparently they do bring it down, meaning that America didn't really need all those planes rude. Mm. But they submit them like bitches, mate. They're fucking killing them. The president, mate, he decides to celebrate now with the two heroes. They've landed in their desert. I'll give you aliens invading. Because there's alien technology, that's fine. Alien spacecraft, Area 51, that's Could fine. Could happen. Could happen. Two things that are unexplicable happen right at the end. First of all, you were smoking them cigars in space. How are they still pretty full when you arrived here? Because they were the last two. There was a Julius's last two. He says, I've only got, these are my last two. Thank you. 
Wine is still lit. Wine is still there. It's still pretty full. Because David even makes a thing about it. Also, 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 driver, they've literally just saved the planet from the alien mothership. Why the fuck do you park so far away? Yeah. They're chafing in that man suit. It's like, let's- Dick move. Let's let them run a mile to get, like, to meet each other in the middle. Just dicks. (sighs) Heroes landing, though. Mm. Also, I'm going to point this out as well. I've noticed this week that Whitmore was kind of a dick to Will Smith. Will Smith kept bailing him out and every time he just shake his hand, he go, thanks. <laughs> it's just like, give the man some sort of reward. He keeps saving your bacon, mate. Ever so suave Whitmore in this. Mm. Even at the end. Not bad. Not bad at all. Overall, impressions? I think age is better. I really liked it. I'll be honest. It was it was fun. I, I was talking about the the positives of, of Moonfall that was like it was a fun film it was stupid mm. this film isn't actually as stupid as I remember it's, it's just, the characters themselves are literally paint by numbers they're caricatures but I'm not watching it for their journey through a film I'm watching it to see them fight aliens in an alien invasion film which gets it it's a simple story it's like aliens are here humanity's screwed mm. deal with it I, I really like the simplicity I really like that it holds up I had fun watching the film Watching it with the first time as well made me kind of remember the joy I had. Mm. Like Esther was like, oh, it's good. It's better than Moonfall. It's like, it's not a great film. Esther summed it up perfectly. It's not a great film. It's a fun film. It is that. It is that. And the ending is no more ridiculous than any other point. Oh, which yeah, is exactly. the key, isn't it? It's like, however you're going to bring them down, it's a war of the worlds, you could argue. And, and, and I know, I know it's, it's H.G. Wells. It's like, it's, it's literature and it's, it's a big, you know, a lot of people love War of the Worlds. But you could see the third act somewhat ridiculous. I do know people that are put off by the fact that a virus, a, a, a biological virus kills off an alien species because they're exposed to it. But weirdly, it's but like sci- the most scientifically yeah, possible. Sci- yeah, but, and so you've gone from grandeur, and particularly in the Tom Cruise movie with Spielberg, like the, the, you know, all the explosions and shit, and it boils down to Tim Robbins in the basement and a virus. And some people are being like, the, the, out, the outcome doesn't marry up to you know, the um, the sense of dread and yeah. fear at the beginning. And you've got to give it to um, Independence Day that the third act isn't any more or less ridiculous than the first or the middle act. Yes. And therefore it makes it flow pretty pretty darn well, to be fair. So the perfect example, so I watched the second one. We're not doing the second one. The second one's awful. It, it, it actually forgets what made it, made the first. So one of the biggest problems is it's set 20 years since the alien invasion. And so... Alien, humans have used alien technology to make everything like better. Mm. So weirdly, the human world is an alien world that I can't, you know, because the first one's set in a realistic world, which I can understand. The, the second one's set in like a fantasy world. So weirdly, the, I'm on an alien planet fighting aliens. It's, it's a crap film. It's not funny. It doesn't have fun with the film. It's, it's kind of like it's building up to like this epic third film. It's just like, no, it's, it's a really bad film. Don't watch it. Avoid it. It's a really, really I've bad film. I've never watched it. Don't. It, it, not even as a joke. It's not, a, it's not a good, bad movie. It is a bad movie. Anyway, what's really... So that film came out more, but I feel more connected to a film that came out in 96 than this film that came out like a few years ago. It, it, was, it was a failure of film. And I genuinely think that they, they didn't understand what people liked about the fun Independence Day. Mm. It was a, it was a failure. That film's two hours and it feels to it. It feels excruciatingly long. It's so bad that they do, they try to aliens it. So there's a queen, there's a fight at the end with like, not in a ship. It's, it's really weird. It's a bad film, mm. but it feels every minute of that two hours. The film that we just discussed was two and a half hours. And I actually felt like it was, it was a good time. Yeah, it, I give good credit. it doesn't feel like two and a half hours. There's enough set pieces. And also, the, I'll, again, credit where credit's due, 
the beginning of the movie, you get the impression as an audience member, there are a lot of characters here I need to know and I need mm. to, and they're going to come together in the middle of the movie. So I need to know the origins and how they're going to get there. And it does actually wrap up those characters' core. Now, don't get me wrong. Will Smith saying, oh yeah, there's a base. I flew above it. Let's go to it. Yeah. Okay. So where you crash landed, you've got no compass. So how do you know where it is? There's loads of shit yeah. that you're like, but it does kind of give you enough, enough to kind of bring people together. Like, like say, I, I don't know the geography. I, I, well, I know on a map, but I don't know in terms of like how long it would take to get to New York to Washington. But let's just say that David does it in the car with his dad's fine. You know, yeah. I don't know, but it does well to kind of dot between various characters at the beginning of the movie, giving you a little bit of each one so that when the main bulk of the story happens after the kind of hour mark, you're like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah, David, he's the satellite guy. He's, you know, he's this, he's the brains, you know. They do flip perfectly between comedy and action and the terror. The terror is very, obviously it's a, it's a 12. It's not going to be a, a horrendous film, but there's a good... <clears throat> There's a good sense of like that you got when you first saw like a starter. I mean, there's like a wonder, like when they go into an alien ship and they're kind of like just looking. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's for, that's that's an art form that's forgotten. We think Villeneuve does that best. You know, he was establishing shots. He makes films epic. There was a, I'm not saying it's an epic film. But there was an epicness quality of exploring something different. I've really liked it. I'm not joking. I've always I, liked I, it. I think it ages better. I think this is the one of the rare times where I've watched a movie and I've done the reverse where I like it more now than mm. I did when I first watched it. Most times I watch a movie and I love it and then I'll watch it all when I'm older and I'm and like, just like oh, why did I like it so much? It's like uh, getting even with Dad. <laughs> just exactly. Like, why did I like it so much? Is this Roland Emmerich's best movie? I, yes. I yeah, it is. It is. It's, it, it, the thing is, it's easily as well. Because I, I think Although I do like Stargate, I really do like Stargate. Yeah, and, and I think 2012 and Death to Tomorrow, he tries that formula mm. that, he, that works so well, that box office formula that worked with Independence Day, but... I don't think you're ever going to top it. No, is it? It was. Do you know what, listeners? It's on Disney Plus. It's going to be on Disney Plus because obviously Disney bought out Fox. It's been there for a while. Go check it out. Mm. You do not watch the sequel. I implore you. It's crap. But uh, do you know what? It's great. And do you know what it was? It was good. Will Smith. It was good. Bill Pullman. It was good. Um, everyone was actually pretty good in this. There's, there's a, the characters themselves aren't 3D and dimensional, but they're not supposed to be. It's an alien invasion film. What do you think of the aliens, though, overall? So, like, if you think of the iconic ones, like Xenomorph or, or the War of the Worlds, Sally, it's like. I do think it's the weaker one. I do think it's the weakest because obviously, when I think, when you say alien, I think the Xenomorph from Alien because yeah. I just think it's the most iconic, it's the scariest. Next alien, probably, probably the Predator or the ones from the X Files, you know, like the long grayish, the small ones. Yeah. Whilst I th- do you know what? It was good enough that it was different. And I really like their cold dead eyes. Yeah. I liked it. I think they were designed. I don't think they're iconic. I don't think they're the best of the best, but they were good. They were different enough for me to still realise that they were aliens. Do you, what do you find scarier? Alien movies where the alien is, is very much alien, mm. not of this planet, or when they hide in human skin and look like us and walk amongst us, body snatcher style. What's scarier? I, but it's obviously that one because it's insipid because you could be an alien and I wouldn't know. It, it is insipid, but also something that's completely foreign. Mm. Where you're like, because... Like the, th- like the thing is scarier to me yeah. than the aliens from Independence Day because weirdly I'd always know where that alien was. Mm. Whereas the thing is a perfect mimic and I don't know what its intentions are. Why is it mimicked you, for example? Why are you the thing? Why are you the thing? Well, this brings me to my next point, James. Yeah. How do I know that you are the James... 
that I sit across each and every week in this podcast. I hope you devised a really weird way of trying to work that out. I have. And based on none of this information on me. So I've put together 10 questions mm. and these are, would I rather? So the test is, do you know me? Yes, I, I, I'm looking forward to this. So I'm going to give you two options, yep. movie themed. You have to tell me which one I would pick. Yeah. And if you get below five, you are an alien. Does anything happen to me then? Yes. You can, infect, got, you can infect me with Microsoft. I've got a flamethrower. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That makes sense. <clears throat> so I'm going to go through them. There are two options. You must pick one and you're trying to guess not what you would pick, but well, what would I, I pick? pick? And then we'll discuss what you would pick. I've got well. logic, by the way. Mine. Yeah, so I did give you these before the show so I could give you a little, little bit of a heads up because these are quite wordy. So I'm going to go through them very slowly. <clears throat> so question one, would I rather enter the Hunger Games with stealth technology, but my only weapon is an old single round gunpowder rifle. So, you know, the old ones that you have to put one bullet in, well, gunpowder in, the sharp weapon. Pack it, <laughs> yeah, put the bullet in. So I've got stealth technology in the Hunger Games, but I've got a single shot rifle. Mm-hmm. Or I'm the predator with all the weapons, technology and mod cons, but I'm going against every Bruce Willis character since Die Hard. I personally believe that you are the predator with all the weapons and tech, but you're against every Bruce Willis character because because you they're awful. They're the same person, <laughs> and they don't move. As explained in my all my films, they're Alpha, Apex Predator. He barely moves. <laughs> in the next one, he sits down for the rest of the film. So I think you'd go with that, and you'd be more fun with the predator because I'm just saying it. You whilst you have got stealth technology in the Hunger Games, it's the reloading mate. That's when they'll get you. What if someone's camouflaged next to you and they see you reloading? I know you've got the technology, but what if they see that gunshot? It's going to take too long whilst you're reloading. So oh, you could take the Bruce Willis. You don't even really need the technology to be honest with All the weapons of the Predator. <laughs> so I would go on the second one. Yeah, Bruce Willis, you could just leave him to just kill himself off. In yeah. Just a slow, painful <laughs> Mate, death. Watch, him, watch his career die with him. Just Don't even show him, take pee on him. You're right. Oh, actually, actually, if you're the predator, you wouldn't kill Bruce Willis because you you, you have honor. You'd be like, no, you're just going to let you watch you die. <laughs> I I would do that. I'd rather be the predator and take on all of Bruce Willis's characters. Question two, and I've tried to change the film film styles as well. So, would I rather have Magneto's powers? So that's obviously the power to move metal. Mm-hmm. But I have to wear his helmet twenty four seven. Can never take it off. Or be Spider Man. On Sundays, I have to clean up all my web mess. See, this one was difficult because I know you're a big fan of Spider-Man. Mm. And I know that you would in, you'd love that. Spider mess though on a Sunday, mate. That's that's gonna be a lot it's of It's been a busy up. week. It's been a busy week. However, I also know that you're a big fan of uh, I know that you really hate uh, mutants that don't use their mutant superpowers. <laughs> I know it's one of your biggest pet hates. Go on about it every week. <laughs> so um, I would say that you're going to be Magneto purely because even if people don't like it, however, you could you can control males. You could fuck them on. <laughs> it's like like you could do anything you wanted to. The helmet. It all goes. Your helmet looks stupid. You'd be like, right, here's here's a boss. <laughs> Just kill him. It, I would actually rather be Spider Man. Oh, okay. Because it's the sleeping in the helmet. <laughs> that, oh, I never, that, that's where I boiled it down to. I actually genuinely didn't even think about that. It was the sleeping in oh, the so helmet. You, do you want know mate? That's me for not thinking logically enough. I apologize. <laughs> Question three. <laughs> and this this one I think was maybe my favorite, I think. Woods <laughs> would I rather be Dumbledore for 23 hours every day? 
but I have to be the baby from baby's day out for one hour, the remaining hour. And that hour has to be awake. Mm-hmm. So I can't be like, oh yeah, well chances are I'm going to be a baby in my sleep. the fact you've imposed these ridiculous rules on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, because it had to be a, it had to be a bit of sweet. Yeah, no, thing. I get that. Yeah. All these are bittersweet. So would I rather be Dumbledore for 23 hours and a baby for one hour? <laughs> no, not what, not any baby. The baby from baby's <laughs> out, which is well done, James. You've got to dissect the question. Yeah. We all know that's a wandering baby. <laughs> Baby's fucking having adventures, mate. Yeah. No locked doors, apparently, in that movie. <laughs> or people who are capable of seeing babies. <laughs> or what Stealth I, technology. <laughs> or would I rather be Jabba the Hutt's slave girl 23 hours a day, but I get to be a Jedi for one hour a day? See, this one. So I was thinking, I know that you've liked the Star Wars franchise. However, it's the being a slave. Being a Jedi for one hour is not actually... I don't think you get that much done, because also the Jedi have all these stupid rules. If it said Sith, I'd be like, oh, maybe... But Dumbledore, for 23 hours, mate, you could get up to so much shenanigans. And I know that you like planning elaborate traps for 11-year-old boys. So you just be like, I wonder how I'll try and kill Harry Potter today. <laughs> I think you still go with Dumbledore, purely because it's the 23 hours is better than the one hour of being a Jedi. One hour for the Jedi, what are you going to do? Meditate. It's boring being a Jedi. Lightsaber. Yeah, but you've only got an hour, so... You wouldn't be able to get that far because you could only go essentially half an hour away because half an hour you'd have to come back. Also... You, you can learn magic as Dumbledore. Fucking Ashio lightsaber. <laughs> lightsaber comes to you, mate. Now you're a wizard and a Jedi. Mate, and that is two things I want to see together. You're right, I'm a slut for magic. <laughs> I'm going Dumbledore. And I, I was going for the um, the um, Michael Gambon Dumbledore yeah. in that, that scenario. Oh, and also, it's not the worst case scenario because that baby gets fucking about, mate. That baby Those travels. Baby, yeah. And apparently indestructible as well. I think but, the baby might genuinely be of so far the baby from Baby's Day Out is the most OP character. <laughs> so I do, I do, I would like to be Dumbledore. To be fair, actually, yeah. Next one, I get to visit Wonka's factory once a week, but Umpa Lumpers are full of rabies and they consistently try and bite me. But I do get an electric cattle prod. That's option one. <laughs> Or two, I get all my food cooked for me by Remy, the rat from Ratatouille. But in this instance, it's not a rat. It's a tiny Gordon Ramsay and he never leaves. Do you know what? There's some that you have to think about and there's some that you don't. I instantly, you had me on Charlie's Chocolate Factory, but then even if you've got a cattle prod, they're still trying to bite you. The idea of a small Gordon Ramsay living in your hat, mate, cooking for you, and he never leaves, but that's fine. Shouting us obscenities. But if he lives in your hat, you can literally just finger flick him and he can fuck off your back. No, he just comes back. Yeah, but he comes back. You still cause him pain. So it got to be that one. There's, it's nothing but positives. It's not as if he could take you in a fight. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like, you could be like, no, go to sleep. You, you could smother him with your hand. It's got to be that one, surely. I'd rather go to Wonka's, mate. Oh, you and take, mate. My, take my chances. I could, do you know why? Because I cannot fucking stand Gordon Ramsay. Oh, okay. In a world, in a world now where I like to think, <clears throat> in 2022, we're so much more aware and conscious of like mental health. You know, when you think about certain celebrities and game shows and re- reality TV, where mental health is so prime. Mm. You know, in the instances of individuals taking their own lives because of the way they've been treated on television, and Gordon Ramsay screams at someone for fucking cooking scrambled egg wrong. <laughs> I'll be like, "You are a chef, you fucking mug." I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of uh, Master Chef because I remember watching Master Chef as a kid, and then we were at war in Iraq. It was like, 
you had that fat, bold growth going, going, oh, it's tough. And you just think, yeah. Greg Wallace? It's, it's, yeah, Greg Wallace, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really tough. Imagine being, I don't know, fucking anywhere else or being like a single parent and having to have two jobs and this fucker's burnt toast and you're yeah. having to go at him, you fucking arse. I remember season one of MasterChef, it was like, and, and here is a Australian Michelin star chef. John, to whatever his name is in that. Yeah. And Greg Wallace, he knows a vegetable. <laughs> like literally, that was like his profession at that time. And you're right. Like, let's say you cooked a meal for someone. Like anyone who cooks me a meal, like I'll, I'll, I'll gently nibble on their ear as a gratitude for fucking cooking me a meal. And no mm. matter what it is, beans on toast. I appreciate it. You've taken it away from me. And these people that are like, you bring me this. This is disgusting. Well, get to fuck, mate. Go cook your own scrambled egg then. <laughs> You bell end. I hate celebrity chefs that have got this like it, honestly it's my big it's my biggest pet peeve next to collateral beauty. <laughs> like the fucking celebrity chefs. It, it, Aggressive it, ones. No, 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 I get it. I, I always thought that to me, cooking is one of those things that's like you know in films when <laughs> when cooking's really romantic and they're like they you know they leans over and cracks an egg. When I'm cooking, fuck off. <laughs> Just get out of my kitchen and fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Just stay away from me. I'm busy. You're pissing about. Yeah. Go away. Then fuck off, Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. It's weird that you and I have that similar it's connection. Passion, mate. Number five. I'm the cleaner on the Enterprise, which we've all we've said it for a long time. Is the cleanest vessel. <laughs> I, I, I've already think. No matter what you say, it's got to be the other one because you've always talked about this how is, hard this that is high must pressure. Be. If my work is ever not up to standards after obviously probational periods, I lose five years of my life <laughs> or I get to choose someone I know to lose one year of their life. That's option one. <laughs> or I never age. I never get unwell. But for 12 hours a day, 365 days a year, I have to clean the Klingon's toilet and every night is curry night. Which one? It's Right. It's got to be that first one because... Is the second one alive? Yeah, that, that's literally what I was gonna say. It's twelve. It's twelve hours walking shit. However, imagine you're cleaning up, and Captain Picard comes in. He's on the screen, and he's talking. He's talking to this alien invasion, and they're gonna fuck him up. The, the aliens from Independence Day, and they go, "Is that dust on your lens?" He'd fucking berate you in front of everyone. He would, and he'd single you out. He'd go, "Aaron, could you please come to the cockpit?" And in front of everyone, he'd go, "What is this? What is this? What is this? 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 This?" He Gordon oh, Ramsay. It. He Gordon Ramsay because Picard was a. Imagine you saw how spotless the enterprise was. However, what sort of you can live forever, but half your life is spent in scrubbing toilets. And also, that means again you have to kind of stay on a Klingon ship. You're not living, mate. At least, at least the enterprise is. Which would you go for? I'm going the enterprise because it's it's curry night. It's curry night. <laughs> so that's it. Yeah, I'd rather be the cleaner on the enterprise. Question six: Zoe Dashnell is my neighbour. She bakes me a pie every day, but she will not stop singing. It doesn't matter where I go, nothing drowns her out. Or Kevin Space is my neighbour and he does my garden perf to perfection, I might add. You never see him, but he sees you for at least 30 minutes every day. That's what that's what puts it in Zoe Dashnell because whilst the singing would annoy me, at least you would know where she is. <laughs> You'd be able to know where she is. But Kevin Spacey, knowing that he can see you for three days, you'd send him a text like at half ten and go, have you seen me today? And he'd go, not yet. No. So you'd know that in an hour and a half, he's going to watch you in bed and you'd just be awake forever. It's got to be Zoe Dashnell. It's going to be Zoe Dashnell, yeah. The idea of Kevin Spacey spying on me for three minutes genuinely haunted me, by the way, when you sent me this. <laughs> I didn't have a poo for ages. <laughs> Question seven. I can live as Batman, 
but in the no, sorry, I can I I can live as Batman, but in a Marvel universe, or I can live as Captain America in Gotham. In both scenarios, Adam Sandler plays every villain. So so that would be horrible. You can get rid of it. However, you if you're a smart man, you should be you, sh- you should be Batman in a in a Marvel universe because Captain America will get the shit kicked out. So here's of the question: Gotham. There's three layers to this. Would I rather be Batman or Captain America? Would I rather live in Gotham or in a Marvel universe? And which Adam Sandler villains do I want to put away? Do I want to put away an Adam Sandler Thanos, or do I want to put away an Adam Sandler Joker? I'm still going. I'm. Still, I think it makes more sense because Batman, rich. You wouldn't be the only rich person there. You'd have Iron Man. You get to hang out with him as well. I think Superman would be a dick to hang out with. If you're Captain America and you're used to being the big I am and then Superman's there, who are you going to get? The one who can fly or the guy who did steroids? Well, Captain America has a great relationship with Thor. Yeah, but still. No, it's not. It's not Captain America. It's Superman that would be the dick. But like, yeah, yeah, but right. Thor is on a level with Superman, isn't he? No, he's not. Superman would kill him. Would he? I don't know. Godlike powers. I, he's got to be Batman. It's got to be Batman. I would rather be Batman in, in he, a Marvel Captain America, There's I'm more not, because I don't want to go to Gotham. I mean, I mean, Captain America would literally get, he'd be there for about six minutes to get shanked, <laughs> stabbed and murdered. Shanked for a shield. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Melted get, down for bullets. Because they're shanked for his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's just a new villain, Adam Sandler, with like, I'm four eyes. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, cheers, Adam Sandler, you've gone fucking mental. Nothing can convince me to move to Gotham, James. Number eight, I can go for a pint with Bill Murray in an old English Hobbit-style pub. Bill keeps getting my name wrong on purpose. So it's a pint with Bill Murray, <laughs> or I could spend the day with in a theme park with Michael Shannon, but he doesn't smile once. The problem with that is, is he doesn't smile, so you, uh, do you think you're annoying him? Do you ever know with Shannon? That's, That's the I mean. beauty of Shannon. That is beauty, but you, you're at the theme park and you're having the time of your life. You turn to him, he's just stone-faced. It's a whole day. It's a whole day, it's though, a whole with Shannon. Day of that. Versus just a pint with Bill Murray. But still, Bill Murray saying your name wrong on purpose is jokey because that means he must know your name because he's doing it on purpose because he, he's not accidentally... He knows your name's Aaron, so he won't call you Aaron. So I'm going Bill Murray for a pint because I think Michael Shannon not it's smiling would destroy you. 100% Bill Murray. I'd love to go for a pint with Bill Murray. Number nine, I'm Frodo in charge of the ring. As I get closer <laughs> to Mordor, I get smaller and smaller and smaller until I'm the size of a human thumb. After I complete the mission, I stay the size of a thumb. Or... Over the next 10 years, I gradually become King Kong. Then over the 10 years following, I return to human form. But when I come back, I'm Michael Cera. I know you don't like Michael Cera because of Michael Cera's disease. I really think that you'd rather be a thumb than Michael Cera. <laughs> it was a trick question because you all, we all know I want to live my life as a borrower. And the quickest way is more though, apparently. Oh, that's what I want. You're right, yeah. Question 10. Survive a year in a zombie apocalypse dressed as Robin Hood or survive a weekend against Michael Myers, but I can only escape on a kid's bicycle. It's a weekend versus a year. Are you going to go... I don't know. I, I think you I think you could quite do zombies, to be honest, man. I think you do zombies for a year. and I think Michael Myers is the problem, because you're not going to escape. I'm going to zombies for a year. It'll be Michael Myers. Oh, okay. Because he don't run. Yeah, but he doesn't, he doesn't but, but he just... Ugh. I guess just don't have it's any a sex. Year. It's a weekend over a year. Just don't have sex and, and go to the middle of a field and just go, you yeah. know what, I'm just going to stay here. Or <laughs> just climb into an attic and carry the ladder up with me. No, that's true. Yeah, that makes more or, sense. Yeah. Or, I know it's only a kid's bike, but... Ride the bike onto ride a train? The, ride the bike. Just just be like, <coughs> I'm leaving now. <laughs> Goodbye, Michael. <laughs> See you, Mike. <laughs> so, I, if, if, I mean, you won. But, I mean, if I the tiebreaking question would have been, I'm on a yacht. Mm-hmm. 
I have one life jacket. Mm-hmm. I peer over the edge, yeah. drowning in the water. Yeah. It's Justin Bieber yeah. and Adam Sandler. Yeah. I have one life jacket. You give it to yourself. <laughs> what sandwich do I go make? <laughs> oh, um, cheese and pickle. Oh, close. That was second to peanut butter and jelly. Oh. Or jam, obviously we're in the UK. That is our show for this week, ladies and gentlemen. James is obviously not an alien. Uh, if you haven't seen Independence Day for a while, do go back and check it out. The 1996 uh, blockbuster mega hit but, is worth a rewatch. But come through it from the idea that the aliens are trying to pick up Dave because to be honest, hearing that during the course of this episode has given new meaning to the film. Motive for their aliens. And also look at Roland Emmerich's work. See where it all kind of really perfected in mm. Independence Day because a lot of his later stuff is it's, just popcorn it's fodder. It's terrible. It's not very good. But certainly Independence Day is, it is in every right a blockbuster action smash. And it's one of the few films that you love it or hate, it changed how we viewed cinemas, especially disaster movies. They, they were no longer just one event. They, were, they could be cities, they could be worlds, they mm. could be huge, it could be aliens. They were no longer... They were no longer just like, you know, they, a trick they used to do was they made them humans, didn't they? This one made them like actual aliens. And I'm sorry, I'm going back into a rant now, but uh, I've really enjoyed this week. And it was really good to check it. it out. I enjoyed it. I had no expectations going into this because I've seen Independence Day. <laughs> and I actually came out of it thinking, I've been too harsh to that movie for a long time. So it, I yeah, it's not it's not the vault. No, no, not at all. It's not but the greatest it's, place. It's not the but it's not the pit by any means. So, so um, this is a very rare time that, you know, we've watched a film and it's gone better with age. So mm. I think what we're trying to say is we're probably going to give Warworld another shot. Fuck no. <laughs> That's our show for this week. Next week, I think we're doing Will Smith. You, why not? Because we, we got inspired. We were talking about Will Smith off air. He's up for the Oscar. Could it be? Could it be? Let's find out next week. If I don't see you later, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye. Doesn't anyone have any missiles left?